Chapter Twenty Two of Baseball Joe in the Central League by Lester Chadwick. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Donald Cummings. Chapter Twenty Two Victory. Joe hardly knew what to do. He realized that all his efforts toward getting the old ball player back on the right road might go for naught if Pop went off with these loose companions. And yet, would he relish being interfered with by the young pitcher? Pop was much older than Joe, but so far he had shown a strong liking for the younger man, and had, half-humorously, done his bidding. Indeed, Pop was under a deep debt not only of gratitude to Joe, but there had been a financial one as well, The most of that was now paid. "'But I don't want to see him slip back,' mused Joe, as he walked along in the shadows, taking care to keep far enough back from the twain. But Pop never looked around. He seemed engrossed in his companion.' "'What shall I do?' Joe asked himself. He half hoped that some of the other members of the Nine might come along, and accost Pop, perhaps taking him off with them, as they had done several times of late. For the old player was becoming more and more liked. He was, in a way, coming into his own again, and he had a fund of baseball stories, to which the younger men never tired listening. "'If some of them would only come along,' whispered Joe, but none did. He kept on following the two until he saw them go into one of the less disreputable lodging-houses in a poor quarter of the city. It was a house where, though some respectable working men, temporarily embarrassed, made their homes for a time, there was more often a rowdy element, consisting of tramps, and in some cases criminals. At election time it harbored floaters and repeaters, and had been a scene of many a police raid. "'I wonder what he can want by going in there,' thought Joe. It's a good thing Gregory can't see him, or he'd sure say my experiment was a failure. It may be, after all, but I'm not going to give up yet. Now, shall I go in and pretend I happened by casually, or shall I wait outside? Joe debated the two propositions within himself. The first he soon gave up. He was not in the habit of going into such places, and the presence of a well-dressed youth, more or less known to the public as a member of the Pittston Nine, would excite comment, if nothing else. Besides, it might arouse suspicion of one sort or another. Then, too, Pop might guess why Joe had followed him, and resent it. "'I'll just have to wait outside,' decided Joe, "'and see what I can do when Pop comes out.' It was a dreary wait. From time to time Joe saw men slouch into the place, and occasionally others shuffled out. But Pop did not come, nor did his ragged companion appear. Joe was getting tired when his attention was attracted to a detective whom he knew, sauntering rather aimlessly past on the opposite side of the street. "'Hello,' thought the young ball-player. "'I wonder what's up.' He eyed the officer closely, and was surprised, a moment later, to see him joined by a companion. "'Something sure is in the wind,' decided Joe. "'I'm going to find out.' He strolled across the highway and accosted the detective, with whom he had a slight acquaintance. "'Oh, it's Matson, the Pittston pitcher,' exclaimed the officer. "'What's up, Regan?' asked Joe. "'Oh, nothing much. Do you know Farley, my side partner?' "'Farley. This is Matson. Baseball Joe, they call him. Some nifty little pitcher, too, let me tell you.' "'Thanks,' laughed Joe, and he shook hands with the other detective. "'Why, we're looking for a certain party,' went on Regan. "'I don't mind telling you that. 
we'll probably pull that place soon and he nodded toward the lodging house some of the regulars will be along in a little while he added pull i may explain is police language for raid or search a certain suspected place anything big asked joe oh nothing much there's been some pocket-picking going on and a few railroad jobs pulled off a lot of baggage belonging to wealthy folks has been rifled on different lines all over the country and we think we're on the track of some of the gang we're going to pull the place and see how many fish we can get in the net joe did not know what to do if the place was to be raided soon it might mean that his friend the old pitcher would be among those arrested joe was sure of his friend's innocence but it would look bad for him especially after the life he has led it might also be discouraging to pop and send him back to his old companions again how long before you'll make the raid asked joe in about a half an hour i guess replied regan why are you going to stick around and see it i might but there's a friend of mine in there spoke joe and i wouldn't like him to get arrested a friend of yours repeated regan wonderingly yes oh he's not a hobo though he once was i'm afraid but he's reformed only tonight, however he went out with one of his old companions i don't know what for but i saw him go in there and that's why i'm here i'm waiting for him to come out then the sooner he does the better observed farley grimly it's a bad place look here said joe eagerly could you do me a favor mr regan anything within reason joe could you go in there and warn my friend to get out i could easily describe him to you in fact i guess you must know him pop dutton is old pop in there demanded the officer in surprise yes responded joe but i'm sure he's all right i don't believe you want him no he's not on our list agreed regan well say i guess i could do that for you joe only one thing though if barley or i happen in there there may be a scare and the birds we want will get away how can we do it then asked joe a figure came shuffling up the dark street and at the sight of the two detectives and the young pitcher hesitated near a gas lamp hello there's bulldog exclaimed regan but in a low voice he'll do we'll send him in and have him tip pop off to come out bulldog's on our staff he added he tips us off to certain things there bulldog he called and a short squat man shuffled up his face had a canine expression which joe surmised had gained him his name slip into gentry's place bulldog said regan in a low voice and tell a certain party to get out before the bulls come do you know pop dutton sure he and i never mind about that part of it interrupted the detective just do as i tell you and do it quietly you can stay in you might pick up something that would help us what me stay in there when the place is going to be pulled and get pinched not on your life and the man turned away hold on cried regan we'll get you out all right same as we always do you're too valuable for us to go to jail for long then as bulldog started for the dark entrance to the lodging house joe realized that he had seen what is called a stool pigeon a character hated by all criminals and not very much respected by the police whom they serve a stool pigeon consorts with criminals that he may overhear their plans and betray them to the police often he is himself a petty criminal in a sense he does a duty to the public 
making it more easy for the authorities to arrest wrongdoers. But no one loves a stool-pigeon. They are the decoy-ducks of the criminal world. I am making this explanation, and portraying this scene in Joe Matson's career, not because it is pleasant to write about, for it is not. I would much rather take you out on a clean diamond, where you could hear the swat of the ball. But as Joe's efforts to make a new man of the old pitcher took him into this place, I can do no less than chronicle the events as they happened, and a little knowledge of the sadder, darker, and unhappy side of life may be of value to boys, in deterring them from getting into a position where it would appeal to them. Appeal wrongly, it is true, but none the less strongly. The bulldog had not been in the building more than a minute before the door opened again, and Pop Dutton alone, and looking hastily around, came out. Joe got in a shadow where he could not be seen. He did not want his friend humiliated now that he had seen him come out victorious. For the young pitcher could see that Pop was the same straight and sober self he had been since getting back on the right road. His association with his former companions had evidently not tempted him. Oh, I'm glad, exulted Joe. Pop Dutton looked curiously at the two detectives. Thanks, he said briefly as he passed them, and they knew that he understood. Not for a long time afterward did the former pitcher know that to Joe he owed so much. For, though his intention in going to the rendezvous of the unfortunates of the underworld was good, still it might have been misconstrued. Now there was no danger. Afterward, Joe learned that Pop had been urged by the man he met on the street to take part in a robbery. The old pitcher refused, but his false companion tried to lure him back to his old life on the plea that only from his own lips would his associates believe that Pop had reformed, and Pop made them plainly understand that he had. Pop Dutton passed on down the street, and, waiting a little while, Joe followed. He did not care to see the raid. The young pitcher soon reached his hotel, and he felt that Pop was safe in his own boarding-house. The next morning Joe read of the wholesale arrests in the lodging-house, though it was said that the quarry the detectives most hoped to get escaped in the confusion. "'Baggage robbers, eh?' mused Joe. "'I wonder if they were the ones who went through Reggie Varley's valise. If they could be caught it would clear me nicely, providing I could prove it was they.'" End of chapter 22